So anyway, that's why they call me on back thigh warrior. Hello everybody and welcome to Podquisition. My name's Jim Sterling and I'm joined as always, except for weeks when we're not, because we're not always joined with a full crew. But as usual, as regular as possibly possible, I'm joined by Laura, Kate, Dale. Hello. Hello, I've decided that I'm quitting the video game industry and I'm going to go become a battle chef. <laughs> uh, uh, we mentioned Battle Chef Brigade last week and Laura played it and I, I am sure we sent me a lot there, of messages. <laughs> yeah, I have I have a lot of thoughts about that game, like one day into playing it. Oh, we'll get into those. Yeah, my prediction that you'd like that was uh, more than more than correct. Uh, we're also joined by Gavin, the musician, otherwise known as the Miracle of Sound. Hello, Gav. Hello. Hey, how are you? I'm all right. I'm kind of in a daze because I haven't been sleeping well. So I'm just going to be kind of today. Today I'll be mostly just going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. High yeah. five! Uh, high five for the kind of sleepy squad, Gav. Woo. I had uh, uh, sleep paralysis last night. Do any of you get sleep paralysis? I've only ever had it once, and it's fucking terrifying, isn't once, it? Once is more than enough. Yeah, yeah. I've, uh, I've had it a couple times. Do you want to? Do you want to tell us a story about your sleep paralysis? Is that, or? Is, that, is that where you wake up and you can't move for a few seconds? Uh, yes, up to a minute or two. Oh, I've um, never had it last. Jesus, well, I've never had it. Last oh, I've, I've had it. I've had it last longer than that. Oh, oh. Fuck mm. that. No, I've had... You I, know when you're kind of coming out of a sleep and you're trying yeah. to move and then it just snaps out, like, within seconds? That's so, I've never I'll, had... A, holy shit, I didn't know it could last for minutes. I'll, I'll let Jim do his first and then I've got a story about sleep paralysis. <laughs> well, I got a... It's not a competition. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it it's not a competition. I just... I very rarely Yours have lasted longer, to but share I get more. <laughs> so, if, if, if we are totting up... <laughs> oh, yeah, you get it more often. My, mine I only got because, like, medical stuff was involved. In, uh... Oh, God. Oh, I've never had it just s- randomly oh, turn up. <laughs> that makes me... I'm, I'm terrified of that, waking up while under anaesthetic, but you can't move and they're cutting you up. <laughs> Don't tell me it was that. It's not quite that. Oh, God, that that's one of my... that That is a big fear of mine. Um... But anyway, anyway, uh, I get it here and there. I've had it uh, maybe three or four times in the past couple of years. Um, and when it happens, it it's a fear I can't describe. Uh, last night's was weird because the whole thing about sleep paralysis is you're waking up while still in REM sleep. So you're still technically dreaming while awake and conscious. It's a weird thing. Um, so I was dreaming about having sleep paralysis while also having sleep paralysis. Oh, so that's... I was drifting in and out of reality bum, bum, where I, where I bum, was really, bum. yeah, it, it really was inception time. Uh, one moment I am like uh, petting Bartleby, my dog, and my t- two old greyhounds that we had when I was a kid, they were all together because it was a dream, thinking, thank God the sleep paralysis is over. The next thing you know, I actually am awake with sleep paralysis, um, wondering why my head isn't hurting, because in the dream version, I fell out the bed and bashed my head open. Um, but in the real version, I'm just awake and it's dark, and I'm going, uh, because I can't talk. 
Um, I'm trying to call out for help um, because I've hallucinated that people are in the house, um, but I'd gone to bed early and no one was actually in the house. Um, so I'd hallucinated people were in and I was trying to get their attention, but I couldn't talk. So I'm lying there. If anyone was in, they'd probably just think I was doing what I often do when I'm bored and making stupid noises. <laughs> because really, the only noise could come, that was coming out was... Um, and for me, obviously sleep paralysis is going to be different for people. I don't know what other people hallucinate. Um, for me, it isn't the fear of being unable to move. I literally know it's sleep paralysis when it happens. I know I can't move because it's a a medical condition or what have you. I I don't feel like I'm being pinned down by the devil, uh, like people used to think when it happened to them in the olden days. And yet, despite knowing everything's a hallucination, despite knowing I will be able to move, I am still haunted by an invisible, inaudible thing. I can't see it, I can't hear it, but I can feel it. And it's the most malevolent, insidious, dangerous thing in my universe at that point. Mm. And and the fucked up thing is, I know it's not real on some level. But I'm lying there in the dark, terrified of something that cannot be seen, cannot be heard. But is just brimming with bad intentions. Um, and that's generally how it goes. Sometimes there are, are more, 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 I would say concrete, but that's not the right word because none of it's vivid or describable. But there have been visual hallucinations before, but but for the most part, it's, it's a complete, and if I'm sounding all stuttery and weird, it's because even thinking back on it, it's a legitimately mm. terrifying thing. Yeah, it takes there, me like there are the, two different kinds of fear. There's, there's the I'm alone in the house and it's dark and I'm a bit I'm afraid kind of fear, and then there's the kind of fear that you probably only will experience once or twice in your life that literally is just like this ball of dark malevolent yeah. like pure instinct sucking fear. your soul out fear which like, is just um, indescribably phys- horrifying physical fear physical <laughs> yeah. fear is horrible i try and do the former when i'm in sleep paralysis mm. i will try and imagine the things that i scare myself with in the dark when i'm you know in control mm. and i'm sitting there trying to imagine all the scary monsters and all the weird murderers and anything that could be frightening and I'm visualizing them, and they pale in comparison to this. The thing. Whatever it is. They're, yeah. they're just the thing, the entity. Um, it's not pleasant. It is. Yeah. It is, it's happened several times, and I know it's probably going to happen again. Probably now, not for many months, but it takes me the whole mm. next day to decompress. But anyway, tell us about your horrifying experience. <laughs> I've, I've only ever had sleep paralysis once, and I've never had it just like, just I went to sleep and I had sleep paralysis for no reason. <laughs> this was like uh, a year and a half ago when I had to take that break off Podquisition because I was having surgery stuff done. Right. For a couple of nights, I was being given sleeping tablets because I was in a uh... lot of pain. And the type of sleeping tablet they gave me was something called Zopiclone. And this is Zop- sinister name. <laughs> yeah, this Zopiclone Zopitlone. shit. It's, yeah, it's, wow. it's, it's one of those things that, like, 
it it for a couple of nights gave me like the whole night i was just sleep paralysis like good like hours i was in sleep paralysis having weird hallucinations in and out all night it was fucking horrible um mm-hmm. i i spent the entire night hallucinating that the entire world around the hospital i was in had like burnt to the ground in some kind oh of like God. you know when like like a sh- fallout or something is like oh here's the nuclear blast and just everything is rubble everything outside of the of the hospital was that there were people in the hospital who wanted to take my organs and i couldn't move to get away from them and then there was just they they wanted my organs to give to something and i don't know what it is but whatever they were going to give them to that was the thing that scared me it wasn't the taking the organs it was that my organs were going to go to the thing and i had like a right. whole night where i was just in oh. and out of this sleep paralysis that just felt like it never ended mm-hmm. and the following morning i was like can I not have those sleepy tablets again? No more like, zoppy clone, yeah. please. <laughs> I had them the first night and had this horrible night. Second night, they give they they insist like no no no, it's nothing to do with the sleeping tablets. That's not oh a possible effect. Have them a second time. Same thing happens. I tell them again. I'm like I'm I've never had these before. Only on these tablets. Can you take me off these tablets? And they're like no no no, that's not a possible effect. So I Google that's... them and I show the doctor. I'm like it's a rare effect, but it's an effect they can have. Please do not give me more of these. Yeah, I... don't fucking force it... drugs in me that I don't want. It, it didn't. It didn't help that like. I wasn't really in a position to move anyway. Like, even if I didn't have sleep paralysis, I couldn't yeah. have really moved anyway. I think that probably didn't help the whole thing, but... oh. So whose is worse? Who wins the competition? Who wins oh. the gold? Who wins Jim, the gold competitive... Think, think, the competitive think, hypochondria medal? I think Jim <laughs> wins the medal for, like, worse sleep paralysis because he gets it more often and not just because doctors made him have tablets he didn't want to have. So I think I think Jim's got it worse. I mean, honestly, I think you win game of the year, and I get best ongoing game category. <laughs> I think that's that's how we break it down. <laughs> um, oh, who dear. gets best um, DLC? Because like mine, mine, you know, was a consumable. I I suspect. So do I get best DLC? You paid sixty bucks for a full product, and I'm I, getting I, an episodic adventure. Oh, I paid. I paid Jim, more than Jim 60 gets lots bucks of microtransactions. <laughs> I paid more lots than sixty bucks in order to uh, in order to have that that fun prize. Oh well, yeah, yeah. Um, well, uh, Gab, you got any any psychological uh, traumas you'd like to share with us today, or are you okay? Have, have, have for you it? got like a week? <laughs> uh, that's true. Uh, I probably should have narrowed it down because like, if we're just talking psychological the, trauma, we could do a whole different podcast. The first time I felt proper fear was the morning my father died when I was fifteen, and hearing my mother screaming upstairs. That that oh, was dear. a pretty fearful moment. <laughs> I didn't know fear like that existed until that moment. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and it got worse from there for about ten years. But hey, it's all good now. Hooray! We're, we're all, all stable people-ish. Yay! Ish. We're all stable I mean, geniuses. Yeah. <laughs> should we should we talk about video games? Because there's no like smooth transition from where we are now <laughs> into video games. Is there? Jim. Um, G- Jim. Well, we could go from stable genius. To me making a joke about being really good at managing horses, and then uh, we can talk about a did horse that on game. Twitter. Oh, you bastard! Yeah, I was like, "This is what a real stable <laughs> genius looks like," and posted the stable owner from Breath of the Wild. 
Nice. Jim, are, are you trying to make this a segue into Rayman because Rayman has animals and horses are animals? Was that the segue you were going for? I was. He was going for Klopp, Laura. We all know he was going for Klopp. I'm always going for Klopp. That's why they call me DTC Sterling. Down to Klopp. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jim, you've been replaying that Rayman game on the Switch. Yes, yes. Uh, in between... Uh, intense pony sack sessions. Not with real ponies, that'd be weird. Um, I am... I think that's what clopping is. I, I I'm pretty keep sure up it to is. Date with the terminologies yeah. these days. I, I, I think um, that's a thing. I, I, I love all of the sexes, but there's too many of them. There's too many different ways to sex. <laughs> Including clopping You need like a check sheet with explanations That you can go through and tick off Like okay have I tried this one And just work through the the spreadsheet Like those books books you see in in bookstores It's like a thousand beers you have to try before you die A thousand movies you have to see Jim's Jim's gonna do that A thousand sexes you have to do Uh, I'll get all the Pokemon before I get all the sexes It's uh It's too many Too many to collect Um See, that's that's, anyway. one of, that's one of the sexes, is that you have to have sex while catching the final one of all the Pokemon so that you can go, finally, I caught them all, I am the very best like no one ever was while you plus, come. That's one plus, of the sexes. Plus many of the thousand are probably potentially lethal, so... Yeah. It's the oh. only way you can get a shiny Mew, though. Actually, come to think of it, a thousand beers before you die, that you have to try that is potentially lethal as well. I, I don't think you have to try all thousand beers, like, in a row. Yeah. I think that's the rule. I think that only counts if you do them all in one go. If you do it piecemeal, that that's what they call the coward's way. Uh, anyway, anyway, thousand beers, clopping, um, Rayman, sex Pokemon aside. Uh, yeah, we could we can kick off with Rayman if you want. Which which of um, the Raymans is it that's on Switch? I always forget if it's Origins or Legends. It's the Legends. Legends, and is that it's the Legends first or the second one? Um, it's the definitive edition. I can't it's Rayman's if... Legend. Oh, you mean if it was yeah, the... if which yeah. one of them came first and which one came after? Like, is this Legends is the sequel to Origins? Um, and or Legends, uh, at least the definitive edition, because I can't remember mm. what the original version had. But at least in this version, like a lot of the best levels from Origins are in it anyway, as uh, mm. things you unlock during the game. So, you know, it, you might as well just throw on Legends Definitive and call it a day. Um, and it's a game that, you know, I played a bit of Origins in the day and recognised it was a very good game. But that was back when, if I wasn't reviewing it, I didn't really have time for leisure playing. Mm-hmm. So I played a bit of it. Someone else had the review, so I had to move on. Um, I believe the same was true of Legends. Uh, played a good couple of levels of it. Um, loved the shit out of that Black Betty level, obviously. Um, but only now where I have more... Um, where my game playing time can be more leisurely because I'm not doing reviews round the clock, um, I can kick back and take some time with some stuff. Um, and... Yeah, I'm finally sitting down and just enjoying Rayman Legends on my own terms and reminding myself of the thoughts I had when I played it the first time around, which is, how does something so pure come from Ubisoft? And I know the answer is, you know, um, Michel Ansel and 
him being allowed a bit of leeway to get away with making good games, uh, which, you know, big publishers generally frown upon. Um, <laughs> j- just making uh, to be fair, pure Ubisoft good games. Ubisoft does release quite a few um, and, uh, uh, um, I was smaller, about to interesting games. Yeah, like this. Um, this was one of the things they released during the UbiArt experiment, where it's like, "Hey, we're gonna have this nice art style and make some stuff that's just very." Here is the video yeah. game. No bullshit. I, it's just the video game. I ask the same question uh, when I play something like Grow Home as well. Um, it's and EA has its own little thing with uh, they had that yarn game which I didn't quite like, but a lot of people did. Unravel, I think it was called, or Unraveled. Um, a lot of these publishers do have these little tiny wings where people are, allow- are allowed to make good games, but I still play them and think, how? How did this come from that? Um, and it really is just... Uh, like I, I use the word pure on purpose because when you play one of those Rayman games, Origins or Legends... Uh, there is just such a, a purity to that concept. It's this just distilled good fucking game. And that is rare to see in that sector. You know, uh, you know, you know what? In, in the AAA sector. Yeah. I mean, I would argue Rayman Legends isn't a AAA game because I've argued before that AAA is cultural rather than, you know, publisher dependent or budget dependent by that token uh, i struggle nowadays to call something like the witcher 3 a triple a game because it doesn't pertain mm. to what i consider triple a culture um, but anyway the, the the main point is is i've been playing it since it came on switch uh, the switch just right now is giving people plenty of excuses to just play games that they played already <laughs> um but but just get this extra joy that it's being played portably and uh playing legends on the switch just kicking back on my comfy armchair with uh the switch in my hands that's just good fucking video games right there like yeah. there's really not much else i could say about it other than that's just good fucking video games this is just content packed and good content, not fluff, with tons of unlockables that, in another game, would have absolutely been tied to purchasable virtual currencies, but in here, isn't. Um, you know, this game has scratch cards. It's got its own loot box style thing. It's got scratch cards where you can unlock new levels, or new characters, or new... Uh, um, actually, I don't think the characters come from there, uh, but new creatures that can give you more currency. Um, all sorts of things you can unlock with it, which in another game, in a in a A game, uh, would be... It's, it's ripe for uh, what EA would call engagement. But in here, it's just purely presented as actual in-game rewards. And it's so rewarding because the game is giving you new characters and new creatures and new levels and all sorts of stuff constantly. the, The days where video games gave you things you could unlock that were part of the game. So as you played it, you got more things. Yeah. And that's the thing as well is, is, you know, this is still, uh, you know, quite quite a modern game. It's not that old, and it's just this proof that that though, even in, in within a company like Ubisoft, that can still happen. You can still have a game that comes out 
and feels complete and 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 done and so very playable and rewarding and it's not dangling carrots in front of you to keep the engagement up the only engagement it's concerned with is keeping the players having fun and 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 it, and it, it sounds like I've just discovered this game. Um, I haven't. I you know this isn't like that time I discovered uh, C Lab twenty twenty one and told everyone about it like it was brand new. <laughs> um, I played this when it launched, but every time I come back to it, it's like playing it new again because it just wipes off all the crusty cynicism that's over my eyes and lets me look at just something good again. And it's nice to do that here and there. Obviously, there are plenty of uh, you know fully independent games that can do that as well, mm. and plenty of other uh, you know games from AAA publishers. Uh, that's how mm. I phrase it, rather than AAA that can still do that. Uh, but Rayman Legends is just—it's too good for this sinful earth. It doesn't deserve to be on this planet. It should be in a better world with better people. <laughs> Uh, can I just take a quick tangent because a thing's just happened while we're recording that I think is like pro level amazing internet trolling from Nintendo that's just there happened? There is nothing, nothing I love more than Podquisition live reactions. Okay. What just cooked. <laughs> Okay, so uh, we talked a little bit about this before the podcast started, but there's for like weeks been rumours that on January 11th there's going to be a Nintendo Direct, and by the time this podcast goes up you'll probably know if that happened or not. Um, There's a lot of behind-the-scenes bullshit of why I've not been talking about it, which basically boils down to I've heard weird things that make me just go, something's up here, I'm keeping my hands off this. Um, Mm -hmm. Just before we started recording... GameStop put up a tweet that was like, hey, Nintendo Direct in 45 minutes, and then they deleted it. And the thing that's just happened mid-record is Nintendo of America have tweeted out an image. No text, just an image. It's Chibi Robo on fire. On fire! Screaming to the heavens. I just saw it as well. I I don't understand this image. (laughs) It's just Chibi Robo on fire. (laughs) This is not an image that, that exists. They've made a new image. He doesn't have the plug bits in his head he normally has. He's holding onto his plug cord. And he's just screaming to the heavens while on fire. Yeah, he's holding holding onto it like a tail. Like it's coming out of his backside. Just a, a, a plug. What's, and what he is... is... He looks so scared. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he is like screaming because he's on fire, or maybe this is like some Super Saiyan shit. Like it could go either way. Yeah. So that could be just a burst of Chibi Robo power. Yeah. This is this is bizarre. So like to give a bit of context, like for weeks I've been hearing things from like off the record sources saying that there's a Nintendo Direct coming. I've heard rumors of yeah. what's in it. I'm not typing over you, by the way. I've just got to tweet this. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, all right. Go I'm... ahead. Making tweets here as well. I need to do so as soon as I'm done talking, (laughs) I'm gonna write a fucking tweet about this. But speaking of Twitter, after we talk about this, something else happened today that is pretty amazing. Oh, I'm sure we will get there. But like, yeah, my only read on this is that Nintendo is just like completely aware of everyone's like knowing that it's coming, and they're just trying to whip everyone into a frenzy. 
Um, I've been hearing rumours about what's going to be in this direct for weeks, and the thing that, like, weirds me out is that I've heard things that are incredibly similar to other leakers, but, like, two or three things that are different, and my gut says Nintendo's maybe messing with people, trying to work out, like, who's talking by putting different versions of this direct out and seeing who talks, but... Yeah, this image is fucking weird, and it's just contributing to a week of me, like, continually getting leak reports and going, I don't fucking know what to make of any of this. I might have some news that's not out there yet, but I don't know, because every time I think I have a handle on it, Nintendo of America decides to tweet out Chibi Robo on fire, screaming to the heavens, and then I don't know what I'm doing again. (laughs) Every time you think you have the answers... Nintendo changes the questions. They're the Roddy Piper of video games. <laughs> Every time I think I have the answers, Nintendo sets a character on fire. <laughs> so, yeah, what do you two make of this character on fire? I mean, I just think it's funny, and I think it's, like, expert-level trolling from Nintendo. <laughs> now, someone has... Um, I didn't... I've heard the name of this meme, but I've never seen it. But for the first time, I've been shown a gif of Elmo on fire. Oh, yes, yes. It's the Elmo on fire gif, but Chibi Robo. <laughs> <laughs> that, maybe that Which, is what this is trying to be? I find that even more confusing than if it was random. Nintendo, stop it. Stop it. They're just... I was about to say they're fanning the flames. Maybe they're just being quite literal. (laughs) Well, they're fanning the flames and they're flaming the fans. That is very nice. Mm. Uh, So anyway, as as Laura quickly puts out her hot take, um, because me and Gavin uh, did ours, uh, so we need to take over. Yeah, you've got to buy me some time while I do my hot take. Yeah, um, Cyberpunk. It's basically... Oh, yeah, go on. Oh, I was yes. go- I was just going to throw out a quick history lesson because oh, yeah. what we need to do is how um, Oda Nobunaga introduced the rifle to Sengoku era Japan um, by having uh, two rows of rifle uh, riflemen, where one row would stand and fire, the other row would crouch and load. So it was a continuous stream of fire. You see, one 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 row is down. Uh, reloading, the other one is up shooting, once they shoot because you've got to reload between shots, they get down start reloading, the other one's back to their feet, kapow they're done, down, up come the other row, kapow, and that's how they decimated the uh, Takeda Cavalry, so that's what we need to do in podcast form except it's about tweeting responses to Chibi Robo on fire, it's not about um, you know taking over Japan. (laughs) Right, there we go. I am done with my hot takes. Thank you for vamping by telling us the history of Uh, some guns. Um, uh, You know, worries. Uh, Gavin was going to mention Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk's Twitter account today tweeted for the first time in nearly four years. Yes. Was it a picture of one of their characters on fire? (laughs) (laughs) What did, yeah, what did they actually tweet? It just says beep. Oh yeah, I saw I saw you mention that on Twitter earlier, Gavin. Yeah. Um, beep. I I don't understand as, as in social the sound media. Of something being switched on is, is yeah. where my brain is going to. There. That one seems to be quite a simple one to me. That just yeah. seems like they've got something they're about to announce, and they're just yeah. saying we're here. We're probably going to get a new us? trailer soon or something. Yeah, that'd be nice. And um, then the game in another discussion. four years. 
I had, a, I had to get my bank card printed because they failed to mail me one. Yeah. And um, the guy didn't know me. Uh, we just ended up talking about video games as a matter of course. Sometimes, you know, they'll know who I am and then talk to me about video games. But this guy, I don't know where we got on the topic, but I, I guess I just, obviously, I just look like someone who plays <laughs> a lot of games. Um, my big nerd glasses and my all fat and my tasteless graphic tees. Um, but yeah, he was super excited about Cyberpunk. It was very weird to have someone in the bank printing up a, a new debit card for me while just talking across the bank about how excited he is for Cyberpunk. Uh, uh, but that's, that's my Cyberpunk bank story. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't goodness. a good anecdote. It's uh, just someone at, someone at my local bank is looking forward to Cyberpunk. <laughs> that's the basic... That's the anecdote. Um, God, what a terrible, boring life. Uh, so I'm just going to like... I I don't know. Sorry, I was going to say something and my brain's just gone because I just saw the photo of Chibi Robo on fire again and everything's <laughs> gone out of my head. Um, yeah, I, I probably need to... like I'm. I'm, I've I've got my twi- uh, tweet deck open and I'm just getting alternating Chibi Robo on fire and beep. Yeah. Um. So so yeah. Where where were we? Uh. Rayman. Yes. I was gonna say one thing about about Rayman and that was mm-hmm. it, the way it's put together. A like platform a platformer games like that with distinct levels that don't have really an overarching story feel like a really nice fit for a handheld and that's always a nice thing about that Rayman port but also oh yeah something about the way it's made and it's like not feeling like it's forcing anything into it other than just here is the game enjoy feels like a very Nintendo de- design thing so it is kind of nice to to have that on it on something like the Switch and be like, yeah, it's yeah, a this... really good fit for the Switch. It feels very very like Nintendo's sort of design sensibility. Um, yeah. Now, quite how Firefighters the Simulation just got rated for the Switch, uh, I will never, in the name of bloody fuck, work that out. That's uh, what the announcement is. is it's a DLC where Chibi Robot is on fire. <gasps> so, someone. <laughs> That's someone... what it is. <laughs> It's a crossover. The Chibi Robo is, you know how like the Skyrim, uh, Skyrim yes. um, on Switch has a Link costume. Yeah. A firefighter's the simulation. Uh, Chibi Robo is is there as a cameo. That's that's the big cross. So, someone, concept. someone on my Twitter feed, um, not the Marsh on Twitter, s- thinks that they've solved the code of why Chibi Robo's on fire. Uh, they pulled the plug on the direct. Um, uh, like, oh. Man, it doesn't take much to get Nintendo people angry on Twitter, does it? Uh, yeah, no. Nintendo, like, you can you... literally just say, haha, Nintendo's well, trolling fans today, lol. And well, here's, here's the context like... for that. Like, <laughs> they've been whipping themselves up into a frenzy for like three weeks, so any any joke is now like, yes, but also, ah. Yeah, so yeah, the, um, the explanation of this maybe being the Elmo on fire meme is that, like, places are melting down over waiting for a direct, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, yeah, that's maybe a reading. But Yeah, it's... Nintendo's fucking about. Um, it might, And the thing about Nintendo fucking about is it might be leading somewhere. Or they might just be fucking about. Yeah. I really hope they're fucking if about. It were, if it were any <laughs> other of the the big publishers i'd be like oh yeah something's coming but with nintendo you just don't know 
I, I feel like maybe I, this is the confirmation of like the next Chibi Robo game. The robot is on fire and he just screams the whole time. And this is how Nintendo's like, this is our family friendly way to tell you about it. You know, it's I, when ho- we have I hope it's a Bayonetta these... 3 trailer. That's what I'd like to see. <laughs> when we have these conversations, I feel bad for uh, political podcasts. I listen to a couple of them, but sometimes I skip episodes because I'm like, well, that's too outdated now. Um, because it'll be about something, you know, that a certain person might have tweeted, um, and then a dozen other things have happened since then. Um, and I feel for political podcasts because they cover something ever-changing and often don't know something, and by the time the podcast comes out, whatever they didn't know is now known. Mm. Um, so whenever we do these, when there's something like this going on, um, everybody already knows the end of the story including us by the time this comes out. (laughs) But right now, we don't know it. And it's weird, and it's freaky, and possibly frustrating for listeners who know already what it is. I don't think it's frustrating. I think, like, having been on the listening end of stuff like this before, there's something really nice about the time capsule aspect of, like, watching people lose their minds and then being like, (laughs) oh, the clues were there. This is them scrambling trying to find them. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that, and then next week we'll be all. Uh, so that was what happened, or or that's what didn't happen. Yeah, uh, Gavin, you yeah. you played a thing this week. Uh, what did you I play? Did. You played Near Automata. Was that it? I did indeed. I finally went back and gave it another chance. So um, someone else who says it the same way I do, and I know I'm saying it correctly. It's but, automata, and everyone, everyone says automata because it's like automaton. But I swear down, the actual right way of saying it is is automata. I swear, I, like like official, uh, like like it officially the game title. I swear is automata. I'm pretty sure I've heard it in official materials called automata. Even if that's wrong, I'm gonna keep calling it automata. I'm taking it to my grave. Tomato, tomato, you know. Automata. Well, here's the thing. It's all the same. This is. This is why I insist that it's called Automata because the best joke I ever told was when I said, I, I did a Near Automata Edge Impressions video and I said, hello, you people who are standing next to a fruit that's often confused for a vegetable. I'm Jim Sterling and this is Near Automata. <laughs> uh, oh, nothing off Gav? What? Nothing off... Oh, my... What? The so joke... Tell us what you think of it. Uh... Well, I, before you start, I was going to ask, how far into it did you get the first time around, and have you started over right from the beginning, or have you continued yeah. from where you were? Oh, no, the first time I played it, I um, gave up after the first mission. So I beat the first boss, okay. and got to the spaceship, and kind of went... Blech. Because I, I, I don't know if you you guys probably know this, but the PC version is a fucking disgracefully bad port. It's really, really bad. Like, I had to run it in Windows mode, and it was getting screen tearing and frame rate problems, and just couldn't run it at 60. And I just was like, you know what, I'm not dealing with this now, because Horizon is mm-hmm. out, and Zelda's out. and So it was just at a bad time, you know? So I got yeah. the PS4 version last week, and gave it another chance, because everyone says it's so amazing, and I finished the first... And it won a Jimquisition Award, and those are very prestigious. Indeed. The most prestigious. Fuck the Oscars. 
But uh, yeah, I just finished the first ending earlier today and I'm playing through the second kind of, I suppose you could call it chapter now. And I like how it's gone different. Um, I like where it seems to be heading and I like all the little meta things. I got an accidental uh, ending that was really quick as well, which I thought was really cool. By doing all the little by doing something the game didn't want me to do, it gave me a hidden ending and I was like, oh, that's mm -hmm. really cool. Um, There's a lot of uh, little potential things like that. Yeah, the, it was, the ones that end with the sped up credits. I feel, do you know what? I feel like a lot of people, understandably, like me, are turned off in the first few hours of the game. Like the, the first place they send you after the city, the desert area, I was so bored running around that doing side quests. I was like, is this really what people have been going on about? And then it kind of clicked for thing. me when I got to the fairground and the machine village. I was like, oh, yeah. so this is. This is where all the good shit is. <laughs> there, there are a lot of risks involved, and I, I, I need to do a video on this at some point. Yeah. Uh, because Nier Automata is one of the the biggest creative risks mm. I've seen in a game of its level, um, because it requires a lot of investment and a lot of trust from the player. Um, it's a game that I one hundred percent don't blame anybody for not even beating the first time around, to say nothing of beating it multiple times. Now, I urge mm. people to do it. Mm. Um, I think that video game developers would be very well served if many of them um, played through most of the endings. Um, certainly to get to the game's, um, what I'll just call the game's request, um, get that far. Um just because I feel like it's... The game says so much about game design and storytelling as well mm. and, and how a video game can tell stories in a, a, a fashion unique to its own medium. Mm. Um, yeah, because there, 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 aspect, there are aspects of the game that feel like unfinished and broken and then when you're on the New Game Plus you realise they were actually that way for a reason. Yes, the game does a lot of things that turn people off. And there are people that have said, you know, well, I'm not going to play through more than once in order to see what's so good about it. And I don't blame them. Which is fair. I mean, um, I had the same attitude. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, but but that's that's why I admire Nier Automata so much mm. is because there are people out there who are right to be turned off by it. They're not wrong. The game asks so much. They're not wrong to be turned off by it. That's the creative triumph of it because they had the nerve to take that risk and do it anyway. It's, because by the same the, token... It's the prog rock of video games. It requires much more effort and investment, but it's very rewarding when you when you get to that end yes. point. Well, yeah, I was, I was about to say, by the same token, um, the stuff that would put you off... Is kind of needed because without that build um, and without the multiple playthrough aspect, which itself is a turn off, mm -hmm. it doesn't quite work. Um, there's something, if they'd have hit you immediately with the amusement park level, I don't think it would have worked. The yeah. fact it's a revelation is what makes it so effective if, and they had if, to take some although risks if they had hit that. me immediately with the fast travel i wouldn't have minded 
Now that, Instead of yes. running all over that fucking <laughs> desert for three hours with that woman wailing into my... Oh, my God. That sound... Like, the soundtrack is amazing, but that one desert team got mm. so fucking old after, like, two, three hours. <laughs> <laughs> there are elements of the game, partic- particularly the map design, mm-hmm. that leave a lot to be desired. Um, it's certainly, you know, no game is. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to say it's not a perfect game would be... A pointless criticism, but you know it's got faults I could easily point to. Um, that being one of them, um, that desert level again, I can't blame anyone for playing. Like other people who are fans of it might be angry um, at the ignorance of someone turning it off at the desert level, but I think the correct approach would be to fully understand that because to me that's part of the game's brilliance. Yeah. Um, that it threw caution to the wind had to have known that the people would would be turned off by that and that only um, very dedicated people and very curious people would get as far as is needed to see how brilliant it is. Um, you, need, you need to spend those two hours of... Now... Now, I, that is not to say that the game couldn't have been more immediately gratifying. I certainly think that fast travel system was a mistake. Like, n- that's not an example of the game being brilliant. That's a mistake. Well, to, um, it, it would have been okay for me if uh, it didn't... Even if they waited till after you got the fast travel to throw all the side quests at you. Or even just yeah. let you know that it was coming. Because I ran back and forth on that desert to do all the side quests. And I was like... What the fuck? And if I had only waited and done the story mission first, <laughs> all that pain could have been yeah. avoided. I mean, for me, it just... It wasn't quite as bad because it also... I mean, I just... I fell in love with the combat system as well. Yeah. Um, yeah because one thing fun. I need to point Although, out... Um, I, I do like the way yeah. that, like, if you really are pissed off having to play through the whole game again, you can basically just set the game to play itself. They do have that as well, yeah. Mm. They I, again, I think that points to them being quite conscious mm. of what they were doing. So, some of you the know, chips really the... feel like cheating. Yes, there are some amazing. Like I the auto dodge. Where... I mean that, <laughs> that, that pretty much breaks <laughs> the game. Like, yeah, you can customize the game to be as hard or difficult as you want, really, yeah. by using the the things that modify your character, the chips. Did you um, did you guys find though at any time that the combat became more challenging than it needed to because you could just could not see your character model or anything that was going on? I, I, I just found at times there yes. were so many explosions I couldn't see anything. Sometimes during a big fight, I didn't find it too much of a problem, um, but there were there were times. Um, there are some of the bigger scraps where the camera kind of struggles to get everything visible that you need to see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, you know, it's got it's got some some flaws for sure uh, that that I certainly um, would agree with you mm-hmm. could stand to have been fixed. They could um, have explained all the, the little systems a bit better too. Yes. Yes. Like the and weapons it's, and things. It's ultimately not a fair ask. I mean, I'll I'll hold near Automata to the same standards I held Final Fantasy thirteen to back in the day when people were like, Oh well, you know, you've got to play it for the first thirty hours and then it gets good. I'm like, mm, that's a huge fucking ask. Um and personally I disagree that it got good after thirty hours. Um 
it just it wasn't worth the trade-off. Was that the review um, that infamously made people angry because you didn't finish it? It was um it was one of the many reviews that people disagreed with uh back in the day that then, you know, a year or two later became the fashionable opinion. <coughs> Um, Here's an but no, that was one question, where I got though. to the last uh, or, the last area and said, "Fuck it." Here's an um, interesting question, though, for a game like Near, which, from what I've heard, is completely different on subsequent playthroughs. If someone didn't finish the first playthrough, how valuable is their opinion going to be in a review? Right to the, well, well, to I mean, the potential yeah. buyer. Yeah. Um, you threw me for a loop there because I wouldn't expect anyone to review it. Yeah. I was talking just specifically about opinions yeah. on the game. Because um, I get a lot of people, you know, who would say, well, I don't want to play a game that many times to see what's so good about it. And I'm just saying that's fair enough. It's totally if you're talking fair. about a professional review with something like Nier, because anybody who knows Nier as a series... Um, you know, based on the first game and the variants of that and the related Drakengard games. Mm. Um, at this stage, then, I would say that any reviewer uh, would would have to play it through multiple times mm. to, to give a, a good idea of, of what the game is. Well, well, I think I, any, any reviewer worth their salt again, would research the previous games, wouldn't they? Well, yeah. But to repeat... Um, by the same token, which apparently I've j just said a lot today, and that's my word of the day. Um, is there is there value in a reviewer who said I couldn't stand playing this to yeah. get to the second ending? I mean, mm. there is some inherent value in that. I mean, a food critic who finds the soup so disgusting they took a couple of mouthfuls. Um, I mean, that there there is value in that, and it's something I've 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 uh, proposed with certain games that I've because uh, I'm one of the reviewers who, in their disclaimers back when I was reviewing, would say, "Look, I'm not someone who claims to finish all the games. Mm. I play as much as I'll play until I'm happy that my opinions are a fucking solid, you know. And most of the time, I will beat the game, but there are certain games where, especially if they're fucking awful, that I'll play them." you know, maybe halfway through and be like, I just can't with this. Well, and I'll say that in the review. I played it until I fucking couldn't with this the, shit. The, the thing is, is I think there's something really valid in criticism to be said for if a game del if a game has a big twist and like when a certain thing happens, that's when the game gets good and you'll understand why it's good, but you have to play X amount of it to reach that point. Sometimes it's totally justified. Sometimes you need that much build-up to make the payoff work. But yeah. it's equally a really valid criticism to say, look, I poured hours into this and was not feeling it, so I stopped playing. Because, like, no, you shouldn't expect someone to have to play hours of something that they're not enjoying on the hopes that it might improve. Um, a really good yeah. example of this recently... Um, for better or worse, there is a game called Doki Doki Literature Club that's been going around that I feel like an, enough notoriety is there for this game that I can say there is a twist to that game that happens. And it is a good like four or five hours into a very standard visual novel. And I don't judge anyone who sat down to review that not knowing the twist and 
got maybe three and a half hours in and went, you know what, this really doesn't seem anything special and yeah. closed it. Because yeah. if you've had to bury the thing that makes your piece of entertainment interesting that deep in and you've not made the initial bit engaging enough to get people there, that is a criticism of your game. Yeah. yeah. And and it's uh if you're doing it on purpose, it's a it's a big creative risk. Yeah. Um because I mean the thing about Near Automata to to bring it back there is it doesn't tell you how dramatically things um twist and turn as the game goes on. Mm. Uh and and it's very possible for you to play it through and not be given any any psychological incentive to do a new game plus. The game doesn't really stress it. It's not like the game says, oh, hey, look, to get the full experience, do this, do this, do this. It just leaves you hanging and, and it's up to you to do it and, and discover what's there. Um... Automata, of course, has less of a risk because it's it came out after Nier, which did some similar things, so a lot more people were prepared this time. But it's still a big risk. You, Anyone new to Nier Automata, they're not really given a reason to believe mm. that, that, the, that doing certain things in the game will lead to certain revelations. The game just lets it hang. And especially in a medium that is so unknown for for subtlety and nuance mm. that's such a huge fucking risk mm. and, and and it's part of what makes that game uh, very special to me is it's a damn good game and what turns it from a damn good game into what i consider a historically significant game is almost hidden in plain sight and and that's just incredible to me, uh, especially these days where everything is so in your face. Grab their attention now. Mm. Um, you know, have the first 45 minutes be amazing and then just put filler in the rest. Yeah, it, uh, does, it kind of completely reverses a trend, doesn't it? It does mm. in many ways. Yeah, they, 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 it kind of builds up and up mm. and up. Uh, whereas a lot of games sort of start bombastic and scale down as they run out of ideas and money. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's just so much about that game. And One. to its credit, unlike something like Final Fantasy XIII, uh, I loved the combat system immediately as well. So that helped with some of the the more tr- like the, the 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 early toothing trouble sections of the game i still found it quite fun in the desert because i just liked fighting all the robots and yeah. stuff um, yeah the combat does but again does i don't blame anybody like, yeah. as does the the character model <laughs> you know that's actually something i i i thought was brilliant i was wondering is there so because i hadn't played the first game i was like is there a narrative reason that this character looks like a, a sex bot from a lacuna coil video and I Googled it and I found this interview with the creator and he was asked why is she dressed the way she is and he his his answer was literally, I just really like girls. <laughs> I thought that I mean at least I was he's like, honest. that is just the best possible answer. I mean, fair fair enough. You know, you just like it's sexy girls. Honesty. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's none of this breeds to her yeah. skin bullshit. Like Exactly. Exactly. It's it's not like making up some bullshit to try and hide that just like, no, I just wanted it in there, which is... Not not that a creator yeah. has to justify this, but 
Yeah. It was just no interesting to see that as his answer. It was like, yeah, I just like sexy girls. <laughs> That's part of the reason why you don't see me harping on about the character design in Nero Automata. Whereas I did a whole video mocking the breathes through my skin bullshit. Mm. Um, you know, many people would look at it and think, oh, Jim's being an SJW again. Uh, but no, it, like, I, I've not bagged on Near Automata's design. Um, because is it somewhere I wasn't in, I, told I'd be ashamed of my words and deeds I, uh, when I found out why. From what I can see, there I, I haven't encountered any narrative thing about it. And it did, like there, there definitely were moments where I was like, this is kind of funny that like there's this story going on and there's a Victoria's Secret model running around. Is <laughs> like I mean, it's what? nonsense. I mean, the game, <laughs> the game is again uh, just just. As part of its whole yeah. weird thing, it's 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 its own it's universe with its deep own rules, philosophical mm. moments in it um, that not only skewers the nature of game design itself, but actually asks and tries to answer questions about you know what it means to be alive and existing existence and death and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. A lot of games do the sort of Oh, what if this? What if robots were people? What if... Not to mention David Cage. Um, Yeah, stuff like that. You know, what if future? What if human condition? And then don't actually have the fucking spine to try and give us an answer. Mm -hmm. They think they'll just look clever by saying, Oh, what if? And this is a game that doesn't just stroke its chin and say, What if? Um, you can argue about the relative success or failures in its attempts to answer questions, but it tries to actually resolve the questions it poses um, with varying degrees of success. Uh, and, and that's something to be uh, admired, I think, with that game as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, have we got time before we finish for me to quickly talk a bit about Battle Chef? Well, I'd be yeah, very disappointed if we didn't uh, get to Battle Chef before <laughs> this is over. Okay, so I'll try and keep my thoughts on Battle Chef kind of brief because Jim talked about it a bunch last week. But um, yeah, Jim 100% nailed like, this is my kind of game. I am absolutely loving Battle Chef. So, like, more than 100% guessed it. Yeah, you, yeah. you fell in love with it far more than I anticipated. Hey, did you not expect me to fall this in love with it? <laughs> I didn't expect to get like a chain of Facebook messages that were like, I'm doing this now and I'm doing this now and oh my god, this is this is the best. Let, I'm so hooked. Let me see oh if my, I can find let me see so, if I can find the spoiler free messages that I was sending you to give a tone of like how how into it I was. So um let's have a scroll back. Uh, playing Battle Chef Brigade, this is so my deal. The voice acting, art, pacing, gameplay are so fucking spot on. Oh, I did my first proper battle. I made flaming Balrock ribs with tomato and dragon. Oh, it's getting better and better. This is so my Imagine thing. You're excited about the recipes and yeah. everything. Yeah, uh, I was. I was only gonna put. Suffice like, to an, say, you like it. Yeah, I was like, I was only gonna put an hour or two in tonight to see if it's my thing before Podquisition. But now I'm frantically trying to work out if I can justify <laughs> playing it at work tomorrow. It's just. I was having a really, really good time with it. So, for anyone that yeah, weren't you trying to come up with like feature ideas? Or yeah, something I was just so that it's an excuse to play. Yeah, it? I was like, I can't think of anything like insightful or personal to write about it. But I was trying very hard to to give myself an excuse to play it at work today. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm like for anyone who missed like Jim's summary last week. Like, basically, it is 
kind of three games in one is how I'm seeing it at the moment. So it's like, you're in a sort of fantasy D&D-esque setting, you do a side-scrolling, like, uh, side-scrolling action game to kill monsters and collect parts, take those monster parts back, cook recipes, and then the recipes are done by a match three game. But then also there's a bunch of modifiers, like, oh, you only have to match two if you use this pan, but this pan can only match red gems together, and this, uh... This oven won't match gems, but if you leave the gems in there, they'll become higher level gems that'll be worth more, but you mm-hmm. can't match them while they're in there. Um, and then the judges for the contest, oh yeah, they, they all have specific ingredients they want to see yeah, and, and specific elements. And sometimes it's like, oh, you've got to make multiple different dishes for multiple different chefs' tastes, but both of them have to use the same core ingredient. Um, oh my god, I fucking love this game. Um, yeah, you've gone ahead of me because, like I told you earlier, like... Uh, Sometimes I ha- I start games and then I, well, d- I don't get back to them because I, I move on to a this, dozen other things. This is my biggest problem with it, though, is that I've really not been playing that long to get ahead of you already. And from what I can tell, I'm already halfway through this game. Like, from what I can tell, there are six chapters and I've already completed three of them. And I've not really put that long into it. Right, and yeah. my, my big feeling of fear right now is I am absolutely loving this game. Like, mechanically... The the te- the level of tension is perfect in that like I'm never feeling stressed by it, but always feel like okay, okay, keep going, keep going, right down to the wire. I'm almost there. I'm There's good. a frantic pace yeah, to it's the. A, it's really so rewarding. Don't don't worry, Laura. The first um, playthrough is only the first one. After you finish it, there are twenty six <laughs> other endings, see, this, which question is, the nature <laughs> of 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 your taste. This is what I'm like hoping for because if if I am halfway through this already. I am going to finish this game and just be, like, what craving do, what more. Do, what does it mean to be burger? Uh, like, that... I'm... Right now... What uh, if battles were chefs? <laughs> just, what if again, carrot? Because I'm... <laughs> because I'm enjoying this so much, like, often there are games that are short and they're perfect the length they are. Something like, um... Finding Paradise that I talked about a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. That was perfect at the length it was, at, like, five hours. Mm-hmm. This... Portal was one of the early famous discussions about game length and how it can it can be okay to have a shorter campaign. Yeah, it's some some games can get away with that. This one I am enjoying narratively and mechanically so much, like moment to moment, so consistently. You don't want it to abandon you. Yeah, like I feel like when this game ends, it's just gonna feel abrupt, and it's like, oh. Where did all that thing I was really enjoying go? <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully uh, that's not the case. Yeah, like I mean, a lot of people have sung this game's praises. I, I um, hope, and that's how I discovered it. I hope I do feel um, that way, but like right now, I'm just like, don't don't pull this away from me abruptly because <laughs> I am having too much fun with this game. Yeah. Well, similar to the Nintendo Direct mystery from earlier, I don't yet know how the game ends. I don't know what kind of content might be coming. Um, how long it is, how, you know, I don't really know much about it outside of the fact that so many people were saying, if you have a Switch, you need this. Um, and that it was an Adult Swim game, which, again, I, I should point out disclosures, um, uh, even though I'm not really reviewing it or I haven't done anything on it yet. Um, you know, I've got friends with Adult Swim. Um, I, pretty close friends, so I, didn't, I don't really cover their stuff. I didn't know it was Adult Swim, but, like, the writing style that does uh, come through... 
I I yeah. do want to say like I, I think it's adults. So yeah, na- narratively, even with its like relatively short plot so far, it's done things I did not expect that caught me off guard. Uh, it's still like very regularly add- adding in new mechanics that aren't needlessly complicated and don't feel like I'm being forced tutorial down my throat. They're always the introduction of new mechanics is always narratively linked, so that like there is a story reason for why there are new cooking mechanics going on. Uh, I just love it so much. It is such a good game. Thank you, Jim. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, I'm currently trying yeah, to understand I... the mystery of what's poisoning the monster food. Ooh, <laughs> why is the monster food getting poisoned? I need to go out on a quest because like, right now all my ingredients are low quality and that's going to make it more difficult for me to make a good dish <laughs> in the Battle Chef tournament. <laughs> yeah, you got to battle all the chefs yeah. until... You are the brigade. Yeah. Um, I, I, I fought a so chef yeah. who was a necromancer the other day, and nice. I complained, my character complained that he was being unhygienic, and he told me all of his skeletons wear gloves, so it's fine. Nice. Yeah, it's just so um, I wouldn't be worried about, so long as the skeleton is, is, is bleached, I don't think I'd worry about the hygiene there. I wouldn't too much either, but no, apparently he mm. makes sure his. his, his Skeletons wear gloves, just just in case. That's just conscious. That's yeah. yeah. That that that's an integrity move. Good good kitchen does. etiquette, right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I guess that'll do us. Yeah, that's probably Unless probably anything major. That's probably a good place for us to wrap up. I reckon. Yeah, yeah. I feel all I feel all nicely chatted. So all that remains uh is to ask you laura how people can find out more about you and the work what you do me and the work what i do uh you can find me at laura k buzz most places that have usernames laura k buzz on twitter laura k buzz on youtube you can always uh, you can also find me monday to friday nine to five at kotaku.co.uk i've spent most of this week working on a really big feature i'm really excited to put out that is basically a huge really comprehensive list of every British and UK developed uh, game coming out in the next 12 months that we currently know of that involves like a lot of really cool looking indie games that were just not on my radar at all so this is a really like stupidly big feature that's like hey have a look at a bunch of games you didn't know existed that are coming out so look out for that maybe the end of this week early next week okie dokie and Gavin the musician known as the Miracle of Sound. How can music, please? You can find me eagerly watching Twitter to see any more cyberpunk news. <laughs> That's pretty much what I've been doing. Uh, no, you can find me on YouTube, Miracle of Sound, Twitter at Miracle of Sound. Find all my songs there, all my music. My album Level 8 is out. Go give that a buy if you can. Helps me keep making music. And it helps me not have a full-time job that isn't music so that I'm free on Wednesday afternoons or Tuesday, as it might be, to do podquisition, so buy my shit. <laughs> or support my Patreon. Bitch. Yes, Miracle of Sound on Patreon as well. Patreon.com slashy slash Miracle of Sound. It's all one word. No hyphens. <laughs> You're all good. Sound is a bound, mate. So, on that note... All that remains to be said is thank you all once again for joining us for another round of Bollocksy Bollocks, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.